Welcome to the World Cup Report Alicante, podcast covering the Blood Bowl World Cup held in Alicante, Spain in September 2023, with your hosts, Drew and Steve. Howdy, y'all! Welcome to the World Cup Report. This is me, Drew, and with me is Steve. Hey, Steve! What the heck is that? Why are you now, you know, Southern? Howdy, buckaroo. I live in Texas. Yeah, you've been in Texas too long. This is episode three, by the way. And yes. This, this is episode three. Buckaroo. We do exist. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's Y'all? It's pretty amazing. Um, we do apologize for the, what are we looking at, like nine-month delay? Something like that, man. It was crazy. We kept waiting for the rules and kept waiting for the rules and kept waiting for the rules. And then my life had changes, which you can go to bothdown.com to find out about. Um, and then here we are. So the rules are out, the website is up, and people are registering. So we figured we should probably kick this thing off. Yep. And obviously between now and uh, September, there's not going to be a ton of time. So as we record more and more of these, uh, you may get bonus episodes <laughs> during the middle of your work week if you're very, very lucky, boys and girls. Yeah, our current schedule is try to put these out like once a week. Um, we shall see. If we do that, we should finish everything with Wood Elves on September 10th, which oh, geez. <laughs> may not be optimal. Yeah, and obviously you guys are going to be going into the mix already because you have to have your your squads and rosters in by, what, the 1st of May? I honestly don't know. That's I a good that's question, it. sir. Let's look at the website and see if it tells us. Oh, and what's that website, Steve? www. It's vnafworldcup.com. So it was like five. Like and the letter V. Yeah. For so, vendetta. V for vendetta. Italian vendetta. See, si, buongiorno. So early bid is until March 2nd. Late bids from March 3rd to April 30th. And you registration process will be closed on the 1st of May. So once that happens, you're not able to modify your roster. So it does sound like you are able to modify it up until then. So you have until May 1st, which is not a lot of time. Yep. And <clears throat> unfortunately, uh, we're probably not going to get all of these rosters done between now and May 1st because uh, That's a... we have real world problems and commitments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we would have. I mean, honestly, we would have loved to have started this a while back, like our previous one, but we didn't have the rules. So it didn't make any sense. Yeah, if you don't have... The rules up, we don't have the rules, so there you go. Yeah. So you can find the rules, as we said, at vnafworldcup.com. Um, and I believe that is what we'll be going over this episode. I believe you are correct, Steve. I Steve. believe we can fly. Oh, all right, well, let's dive into the beginning. Creating your team. So... Uh, this time around, everybody gets 1,150,000 gold pieces to spend on roster creation. And you need at least 11 players. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty standard for any tournament. There's your yeah. your buy price. 
And the cash given is also used to buy rerolls, assist- assistant coaches, cheerleaders, apothecary, and so on, which is typical. Atypical, yep. And it's resurrection, so no star player points are going to be gained. And get deaths, injuries, and carryovers do not carry over from one game to the next. We've got undead, necromantic, and Nurgle teams are allowed to apply the Masters of Undeath and play grid and special rules. Players added to a team roster through a game as a result of those special rules are removed from the roster at the end of that game, which makes sense. And obviously you cannot exceed 16 players. Uh, You have to, and that does include your star players, so you can't go 16 plus one or anything crazy like that. And you do have to have 11 regular rostered players before you can take a star player. Yeah, and like like all normal tournaments, you can't give star players extra skills uh, from the skill portion of the build. No Highlander rule, though. They're both allowed to play. Which is weird. Honestly, you know, what's also weird is this the first time that we're playing the same roster every game? Oh, yeah, because in Dornburn, it was a progression. I'm pretty sure previous all the previous ones were day one was X amount. Day two, you got this amount to add. Day three, you got this amount to add. But that was a skill skill progression, not roster progression i guess but i think it's the same though when we get to tiers and skills yeah essentially but it's it's interesting that they've decided just to do away with that and make it nine games of the same team which i like it gives you a more consistent field to practice with Mm -hmm. so i mean that's a positive right there um it's less management that we have to deal with yeah, you don't have to worry about putting on magnetic bases on day two and day three. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be different. I, I mean, I think this is probably them wanting to separate themselves out from what happened previously or in the past. Yeah. Um, and But honestly... Like I said, it's just so know. much easier for them. They only have to check one roster versus three different versions of every single roster. Yeah, that is a true statement. It's better for the for the person running the tournament from a coaching perspective. It is a little bit sad because it, having to progress throughout the weekend is also one of those things where it's, uh, I don't know, it, it's a little bit more challenging for the coach, and I find that a little bit more interesting. Yeah, know, going it, from a basic. It was definitely the only time I've ever played a tournament like that, and it definitely gave us a lot more to talk about in these episodes. Because now it's not worrying about what you take on day two and three. It's just what you take. But there's also less planning for that, too. Because before it was like, you know, yeah, this is good day one. But day two, now these other teams have taken these skills and you have to plan for that and blah, blah, blah. Well, I think maybe what they're trying to do is instead of making all of the planning, having two layers of planning... Um, they have you do all of the thinking up front Yeah. when you put the team together because you have to look at your tier list uh, and then you have to pick your skill package based off of that tier list. So you have to do a lot of pre-gaming on that one. Yeah. Uh, this time it, the teams are separated into five different tiers and they get different skill sets to choose from. Each team is permitted to stack two primary skills on a maximum of one player at the cost of both 
one primary skill, and one secondary skill. If your team and skill set do not allow you to give secondary skills to your players, you're not allowed to stack skills. So that's a big difference. Yep, that is a very large difference. This one is very, very interesting. It yeah. really makes you need, you have to think about it. Because do you want to give up your secondary skill uh, for two skills on one guy? Yeah, the only the first time you get two secondary skills is skill is tier three. So if you want to have one secondary skill and one person with two skills, you've got to wait until the third tier to be even be able to do that. And even at that, it's a suboptimal. Yeah, sort of. Yep. Yeah. These are all. So, what do you think about the evening out, like the tiers and the skills and stuff? I. I disagree with some of the things that they've changed on here. Yeah. Um, some of the some of the tiers, and we'll go through them here in a second. Uh, I feel like I don't know; these might be leftovers from pre twenty twenty. Some of that, I don't know how they determined these. I, I think they may have been using some of the NAF rankings, but yeah, supposedly they were waiting to release the rules to see how new changes to the new skills paired out at tournaments and trying to figure out the star player problem. <laughs> I like how they identified it as a star player problem, but you can still dupe, dupe. There's no Highlander rule, which is silly. Well, it's one of those things like, and I kind of, agree, I don't know if this is truly where they're coming from, but in my point of view, I know at my tournaments, I don't like having the Highlander skill, because if you paid to play them, you want to play them. It would suck to do your whole team around one star player and just not be able to play them. I get the See, idea of don't do it then, but that's just my thought. Yeah, from my perspective, I, I'm totally opposite of that. I mean, the risk of the star player is that he wants to make the money. Right. So if yeah. he signed on for two teams and they happen to show up at the same time, he's going to just be like, I'll take <laughs> your money and I'm not going to play for either of you. And bolt. Right. And I'm outie because that's what star players do. Mm -hmm. They're they're elitist to themselves. That's why they all have loner. So before we get into the skills, since we're talking about star players, do we want to talk about the thing they did for the star players? You mean like the how they hurt that what the what the penalty is for taking them? Yeah. yeah. Certain so we ones. We can talk about that real quick. If you would like to go ahead. Sure, sure. So basically, if you decide to take a star player to the World Cup, um, you cannot hire them. You cannot hire the same star player in the same squad. So you can only get one Griff or one Roxanne or, or Bomber or so on and so forth. I know that we were planning uh, on all taking Griffs, but, you know, whatever. Well, we were all going to play Dwarves <laughs> with Griff and just totally ruin everybody else's day. Right, of course. Oh, man. And uh, obviously, as we stated before, you can't give a star player extra skills. Right. One thing I don't like is that the new Amazon star players published in Spike 15 are not allowed in the World Cup, as there's not enough input about them right now. I mean, they're allowed to use the same star players they had before Spike 15. We'll get that into that more next episode, but... Uh, but the know. weird thing is, is you can use the... you can. They don't have enough player data on the stars, but you can use the the Spike Fifteen roster, mm -hmm. which is funny. Like you don't have enough 
<laughs> I mean, there's no data on that, but yeah, let's go ahead and do no it. No data on that, but sure, let's go ahead and do it. Um, and that's fine. That's that's just fine. I mean, it's a damn good team. That, yep. <laughs> and so, uh, in addition to uh, the skill cost, which we'll go over here in a second, because uh, it's going to cost you some skills to get star players. There are extra charges for certain star players. Um, so they have a little matrix here that is on top of the previously, or what we'll talk about here about the tier and skills. Uh, there's going to be an additional cost. So for instance, if you want morgue, you're going to have to pay three primary skills. That is just, I mean, I get it. And like Griff is three. Deep Roots to Hack Flims to Creek is to Bombers to Wilhelm, mm -hmm. Wilhelm's one. All right. Um, I get it, but that's a lot. Also, Bomber, you're really going to publish punish Goblin teams? It should say, yep. except for Goblin teams. Well, I mean, it's just very, very odd. I mean, it's just one of those things where you get, I mean, there's a very big chance that you can get zero star or skills for this entire tournament if you choose to pick Griff. So if you go, the example they give here, if you go dwarfs and you hire Griff, you get zero skills. Which I'm so certainly playing... fine with because a dwarf, I'm sure there will still be some out there. Because mm -hmm. that team doesn't need much. That team is good by itself. Yeah. I mean, so what? You're not going to give guard to all of your, you know, four of your pieces? You're, you're not going to give your runner's block? Oh, well, I have Griff. Mm -hmm. And as long as you don't get stupid with him and leave him out on a string somewhere, you should be okay. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So let's go back to the tiers uh, then. Yep, to the tears of everyone out here who are going to listen. The tears of the clown. Is that Smokey Robinson? Do, 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 do. Yep. Nice. Uh, yep. Um, let's see here. So tier one, Steve. You have Chaos Dwarves, Dark Elves, Dwarves, Humans, Lizardmen, Orcs, Undead, and Wood Elves. I don't get Orcs and Humans there. They... Uh, I mean, I don't get it. Like, like the other ones? Just... Yeah, fine. Lizardmen, I'd probably put tier two, but orcs and humans should be tier two. Now, they probably have a decent win percentage in the NAF, especially in the new rule set, so that's probably why. And but probably like... to limit star players, too. So for tier one, you have three choices. Every tier has three. Well, tier five has four, but... All other tiers have three choices of what skills they want to take, but what package. A is six primary skills. B is four primary skills and one secondary skill. And C is three primary skills and access to one star player. So again, you want a human team, you want to take Griff, you're taking C, and you're not getting any skills. I feel like that's why the humans and orcs are up there. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at the comparable orcs, stars to the those ones that are available to the humans, I mean, Griff is just naturally better than anything the orcs have. Oh, I mean, yeah. You Feel free to email us if you disagree, but like even Varig, if you look at Varig versus Griff, I would take Griff over Varig every day of the week. And Varag is not penalized. 
No, he isn't. And there's probably a reason. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's not as good. Yeah. But... I mean, the optimal bill for orcs, from my perspective, does not include a star player, or maybe it includes Bomber. But, oh, maybe like, that's why. Yeah. I don't know. They, Them and humans are the only ones in that list that I feel are too high. Uh, honestly, humans should probably be in the next tier. Yeah. And probably orcs too. And then you probably move either uh, Underworld or Skaven up. Okay. So speaking of tier two, we'll get to that. We've got okay. Amazon, Elven Union, High Elves, Necromantic Horror, Norse, Skaven, Slan, and Underworld Denizens. I, I, I almost... I haven't played them. I haven't seen them played enough because we don't have enough data. Amazon feels like a tier one team now. I mean, if you look at, and honestly, that's what I'm taking up to the Critter Bowl. Yeah. That's happening in OKC uh, first week of March mm -hmm. uh, to test them out because they really look on paper to be a very strong, strong roster. Two four strength ball carriers. Why yeah. would you not? Well, and with seven primary skills, I'm blodging both of them. And I may even take, uh, you know, it, you can blodge pretty much. I think there's a skill stack or a number of skills uh, that you're allowed to take. Yeah. Like you could oh. legit. So uh, tier A, not tier A, choice A is seven mm -hmm. primary skills. B is five primary skills and a secondary skill. And then C is four primary skills and access to a star player. So legit, with Amazons, take that second one, you can have four primary skills and then double up on one player. That's yeah, awesome. You could have a Blod Surehenge, four strength person mm -hmm. carrying the ball. You could have a four strength blodging, you know, just blitzer who's just going to run in front of you. Yeah. And then you get a bunch of roadblock pieces. Mm -hmm. Give them guard, give them... We'll get to that next episode again because we are going to do stuff in alphabetical order unless something happens. Yep. <sighs> Anything um, else out on that one stand out? I know you said Underworld should probably go up. I think Underworld is vastly underrated if you look at some of the results. Yeah. Um, it. I mean... Is that skewed runner... by star players, though? Or is it just really good? Potentially. Potentially. Um, but, I mean, they have access to good star players. They have access... I mean, the gutter runner on that roster is ridiculously good now. Mm -hmm. I mean, not ridiculously good. It's a very good roster. The, uh, obviously, it ha and having the snotlings on there, or the whatever you want to call them, the snotlings on there now really helps you fill Not out the works. roster. Yep. I mean, it's just ridiculous. They're the, they're arguably better than the goblins. I don't think, I mean, they're clearly, oh, positional. I gotcha. I was thinking positionally. Like, yeah, they're much better than goblins. <laughs> yeah, you can have three dice on them all the time, but whatever. Yeah. I'm going to stay in your way. So. That dodge makes such a big difference. It's so frustrating knocking those damn things down finally and rolling like a four on the armor. Yep, and they just get up and run away if they need to. <sighs> uh, up next is Tier 3, which are the Black Orcs, the Chaos Chosen, the Imperial Nobility, Corn, Nurgle, and Tomb Kings. And for A, we've got seven primary skills and a secondary. 
B, five, five primary and two secondary. C, five primary and access to a star player. This, uh, this seems about in, right to me. I have a question yeah. for you, though. I, I, sadly, due to life situations and stuff, I have not played Black Orcs left yet. They mm-hmm. seem very similar to Lizardmen to me. Why are they too way too down from Lizardmen? Just the speed? Too slow. Is that it? They are too slow. Yep. It's amazing how fast. I mean, Sauruses and Skinks are just better pieces. Yeah. I mean, they do. Sauruses do move six. That is huge. They move six. They're not. I mean, Brawler's fine on them, but it's only offensive, not defensive. Mm-hmm. And it's and this the the goblins that they have, even though they're thick skull and they stay on the pitch a little bit better than the skink does, that extra movement is just too much. I mean, it's a, that big of an advantage. Okay, so again, this is probably just my skewed way of thinking. I would think that because we had this discussion last time, Europeans tend to play differently than Americans. Americans try to score and are happy to win three to nothing, three to two, whatever. Feels like, and from what we saw, Europeans, they're going for one nothing. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. So I figured like that would make the Black Orcs better because the speed at that point doesn't matter as much because they're just gonna just you know, box up and walk walk down. Yeah, but so you got to think about the other side of the ball, right? The defensive side of the ball. Oh yeah. Who can who can who can change change direction more? Black orcs. You can if you get them, either split them or mm-hmm. if you push them to one side, they can't recover on a cutback. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. I mean, sauruses and skinks have a better ability to cover the pitch. I've tracked people down with a saurus before, and you know, mm-hmm. dodged out because it's still not that hard. It's not great. But it blew people's minds. I'm like, well, I have nothing else to do. I have to get you. So, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go seven or eight squares with my dodging Saurus and take you down. Exactly. That makes exactly. sense. So, I think really the sleeper out of this one, Steve, is Tomb Kings, though. Five primary and two secondary skills. I mean, yeah. two Tomb Guardians with, your, with block, two with guard, and then you still have three other skills. Forget about it. I, I so whenever I go up against a tomb tomb king tomb king team, I always prefer to see him with block than I do guard. Yeah, because that guard just kills me every time. See, and what I and I don't understand how corn is here in tier three when it's clearly a tier four team from my perspective. That's what I would think too, but maybe some people are just really good with them. I'm not. I mean, all that frenzy, mm-hmm. that's not um, good. So, speaking of Tier 4, we have Chaos Renegades, Old World Alliance, and Vampires. With option A, 8 primary skills and a secondary, 6 primary skills and 2 secondary, 6 primary skills and access to a star player. Vampires See. with 8 primary skills and a secondary skill seems really good. Well, you could get, you know, and depending on who you decide to go with, like what your build is, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of pro. Yeah. And you could actually double it up and get a blodger for sure. Yeah. Which wouldn't be horrible. Um, 
six, I mean, eight primaries. I don't know if they'd have a good star player to pick from, but eight primary and one secondary is probably pretty beats. It's pretty nice. I'm also surprised like eight primary skills and one secondary skill or six and two for the chaos renegades is also pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Um, just because with, I mean, you get dodge on your dark elf. I mean, we'll go through the, the them obviously, but there's right. a couple of ways you could go with the skills you're getting to make it appealing. Uh, and then we have, um, go ahead. Yep. Okay. I was gonna say tier five just... is our halflings, <clears throat> goblins, ogres, and snotlings. Um, four and... options here. A is eight primary skills and two secondary. B is six primary skills and three secondary. C, six primary skills and access to a star player. Or D, four primary skills and access to two star players. Yeah. And what I find hilarious here is that Snotlings are in tier five. They seem like they should probably be higher than that. They should probably be tier four or tier three from my perspective. I I know that the winning percentage doesn't necessarily play that out, but they... Oof. They, and I was gonna say, it's like we have the results from Euro Open and Euro Bowl, and Snotlings mm-hmm. did horrible, just bottom tier, one hundred percent. So, and any time I've played against them, they seem tough until that second half when they just start getting, you know, taken off the pitch left and right. And again, I have not played enough against them to really have a a, a good view. But they do seem better than just tier five. Yeah, and I mean, it, it could be partly that you know when you put your roster together in a league versus a tournament, you know the low cost lineman doesn't really do anything, right? Yeah. At least that's what I, if I'm thinking right, the the NAF doesn't. No, for doesn't do anything. Tournaments. Yeah, so you have to pay the full cost, and that may be why it's less beneficial. Yeah. I don't know, man. We shall see eventually. Hopefully. Uh, So we have our allowed inducements, which I'll just run through these pretty quick. They're pretty standard. Zero to one, halfling master chef. Zero to six, assistant coaches. Zero to 12, cheerleaders. If someone takes 12 cheerleaders, (laughs) please let us know. I'll, I'll oh my get him a patch if, or something. If if somebody were to take 12 cheerleaders, I would probably buy them dinner. I'll buy, buy him a beer. Spain. Something. Uh, zero to two, Bloodweiser kegs. Zero to three, bribes. No bribes allowed. Well, let's, we'll come back to that. Let's just leave that for a second. Zero to two, wandering apothecaries. Zero to one, morgue assistant. Zero to one, plague doctor. Zero to one, riotous rookies. Going back to bribes. You can get three bribes. No bribes allowed if your team has one or more star player with a sneaky get skill. And not even a star player, just a normal player. I was, you're right. Player. Correct. Sorry about that. So that's crazy. I mean, sneaky get, I mean, obviously sneaky get is uh, phenomenal. An issue. It's, I mean, it's a good, good skill. Yeah. But like this is them actively discouraging Sneaky Git. Which is good. I mean, honestly, Sneaky Git has become that skill that you're like, I got one skill left. I'm just going to throw Sneaky Git on somebody. Because why would you not? 
Yeah. Why would you not? Um, I don't, I mean, it's, it's a free foul basically. And then yeah. you can kick and move, kick and move. Why not? So good. So yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, good with them limiting it. Um, it seems to kind of hurt the stunty teams, you know, like goblins specifically, but oh well. I mean, but the stunty teams are a special sort of uh, a special breed of, of coach unto themselves. <laughs> yeah, and ogre. So to me, like ogres suck. They've always sucked. But the one really good thing with ogres is fouling the crap out of people. You knock mm-hmm. them down. You surround them and you kick them until they die. Now, it was really good with Sneaky Git. So I'm guess you know, now you just got to take your chances. Well, and that's, I mean, and this rule also hurts the Stotling team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably the Goblins to a lesser extent. Just because, like, with the Stotlings, if you're loading for bear, you're going to have both of those uh, pump wagons, right? Yeah. And your throwers, and they're all going to have secret weapon. Very true. And now you're not going to have the bribes to get it, or you'll have the bribes and you won't have a sneaky get, which means you're going to have little guys getting tossed off the pitch. But, mm-hmm. you know, it all depends on how you want to play. Which, again, we'll get into further down the line. Should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, scoring, I believe this is pretty much the same as last time. There's a little bit difference at the end, I think, is neat. A win is two points, draws one point, loss is zero points, concession minus 10 points, or 10 negative points. It will be considered as a 3-0 touchdowns and 3-0 casually, both for the opposing team. So they basically don't want you to quit mid-game. Yeah. You mean, I think there's a difference between you getting up and walking away versus like just pass the turn, pass the turn, pass the turn. Yeah. But like... I was only three touchdowns away last time, and I had mm-hmm. like two or three people quit on me. I could have could have won, but then probably same for someone else. So can't really say too much. But yeah, this is a big difference. It is, and I, I mean, I appreciate them wanting to make sure people play the game all the way through. Yeah. Um, and really, the tiebreakers are going to be your opponent score, your net TDs, net CAS. Uh, all casualties caused through the game are counted, including failed dodges, secret weapons, crowd surfs, and so on. I hate that. And randomization. So does this mean that they're going to be tracking or having us track all casualties then? Yeah. Oh, goody. So like someone f- falls down because they dodged, we have to keep track of. That's crazy. It is. It's... It's stupid, but this is one of my main complaints about these new rules. Everything else, I'm like, I have little, you know, problems with. I wouldn't do it that way. Whatever. Difference opinion. This, I just hate. And and so I guess the other question that I have that isn't in the official, like the PDF rule book. I'm sure it's on the website somewhere here. Um, Wouldn't be so sure. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe not. Oh, good. Thank you. Um, the uh, like, the question then becomes: Is do you count all casualties? Because at the end of the day, that's what the you know most casualty award would be. Is that all of the casualties that are caused by your opponent falling or failing a die roll? I mean, it has to because yeah. other, um, otherwise we have to keep track of two different things. Um, 
do you have to count their failed go for it? Because I'm not causing them to go for it. They're go for it on their own. So I would say no, but it says all casualties caused through a game. Through a game. Okay. Throw a rock. Does that happen? I guess. Well, throw a rock. Didn't they change that? Yeah, they did. A little bit. So, um, I mean. But I yeah, it's just. I don't know. If, if you throw your own dude and he casualties himself, who gets the points? Well, it's no star player points, so that's probably what it is. But do you count it on yours, or do they count it on theirs? That's what I'm saying. That's it's like to understand. you're the one who threw it, so maybe you. But you threw it because the other team forced you to, kind of. So do they get it? The always hungry troll eats a goblin. Exactly. Do we do we count that or no? So guys from Alicante will need to have a little bit of clarification here on this rule. Which is why typically we don't count stuff like that, because it's too much of a confusion. Well, there's use cases for all of them and they're all special edge cases, so figure it out. I mean, we need to have those that yeah. I mean that needs to be clarified, honestly. If they just said secret weapons and crowd surfs and fouls count, awesome. Done. But that's not what they say. Well, let's see here. Um, Same as last time for squad. You got six or seven people. Got to have different races. Um, there's no, there's no tiering required at this time, right? Unless I'm missing something. Like last time, you had fifteen points, and tier A was five points, and tier B was three. Whatever. Yeah, it seems like that's pretty straightforward there. You could legit take all tier one teams? You could take all your... You could, yeah. There's nothing in the rule set right now that says, no, you're not able to do that. Yeah. It has to be different races, and they can't have the same stars. Star, yeah. But that's all I see. So... Which is good if someone wants to take an all-stunty squad, I guess. Okay. So, this is also part of the dichotomy that, I mean, this just doesn't make sense to me. So, I can only hire Griff once in my squad. Mm -hmm. But he can be hired multiple times over multiple other squads. Mm -hmm. And they can keep him from that game. That doesn't make any sense. Why is that true and the other is false? It just seems silly. What do you mean? I don't I don't understand why I can't hire have you hire him and me hire him and chance hire him and yeah. Tim hire him and all of that because it just seems arbitrary. Oh. My well, you yeah. guys' money's not good enough for you know, is not good enough for your for Griff, but the opponent I'm playing against his money's good enough for Griff. Yeah. Again, because, well I don't know. this is one of those things where you just make the fluff match the rules. Our squad is paying for all the players, so our squad can't hire a guy twice. Okay. Whatever. So I I don't... I mean, do we need a special episode talking about, like at the end, what the optimal squad would be? Because it's so different now. You know, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... We have eight tier one teams. You could legit have a straight tier one squad. And that makes yeah. the tiering so important because now everything does need to be equal. Otherwise, they're going to have advantages. 
Yeah. And so the question becomes, is the tier, the skill offset that we're going to develop for tiers two through five, are those the equivalent of the tier one flight teams with right. those skills? Yep. I, I don't know. Because before, I did like it that you were kind of required to break things up. You know, you couldn't have all tier one. Um, you could still take all crappy teams. You just had extra points left over. Okay. But now, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's different. It is very, very different. I mean, it's going to be a different mindset, really, when we start to talk through rosters, do the game testing, all of that good stuff. Yeah, and I, I wish we had more than, what are we at, basically six months to do that? Yep, six and a half Jeez. or so. Time flies when you're having fun, Steve. Oh, Lord, tell me. Uh, I just did. That's true, you did. I appreciate that. Uh, <sighs> squad scoring, uh, win two, draw one, loss zero. Same tiebreakers, squad points, coach points, opponent score. Net TDs, net casualties, same thing, then random. And that's pretty much it. That's the whole, that's all the rules. That's the sum. And the, the one thing that uh, I don't see in the rules that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but they don't have a skill cap. I didn't see anything in here that said you can. They do not. Uh, you can't do six guard. I don't remember you reading that anywhere. In here. Correct. No. Um Jeez, you're right. So well, that explains Lizardmen being on tier one. Then, yeah, I can put four block down, four blocking lizards, or five Six. blocking lizards and a tackle lizard. Yeah, source. Okay, that makes more I mean, sense. I'm just so used swap. to seeing that now that I didn't even think about it. Yeah, I could do six uh, six guard on my dwarf team. Really make everyone's life miserable. God. Chaos Dwarves with four guard and two... Mm -hmm. I don't know. Whatever. Two block, two blocking bulls, if you can afford it. Is that primary on them? Then yeah. Yep. Jeez. So two blocking bulls. You can do a block and a sure hand bull. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want to do. Oh, man. The wrestlers were going to go over, <laughs> Steve. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting season, I guess. Whatever you want to call this. Yeah. Um, an adventure, Steve. I Absolutely. want to call it an adventure. We shall adventure together. Did you want to do any more adventuring or wrap it up and go to the next episode? Um, I'm good with the rule set, if you are. Yeah, I think so. Uh, if anyone has any thoughts about it, anything to add, let us know. Otherwise, Alicante, September 7th through 10th. Um, we shall be back next week, maybe sooner, with Amazon. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening to World Cup Report Alicante, a joint podcast between 3 Die Block and Both Down. For more information, check out World Cup Report Blood Bowl on Facebook, WC Report BB on Twitter, or email us at worldcupreportbb at gmail.com.